Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's the picture behind you? That is Katy Perry Platinum Album. Okay. And you produced that? Isn't it great? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Literally with me, Rob Lowe. Um, one of my favorite actors, Tony Hale, is with us. He's bringing all of his Emmys that he won for Veep. They're, he's going to bring them and clank them on the microphone so you know that they're here. I listen. He's done a lot of things, but I will have. I, I think that Arrested Development and Veep. I mean, they might be they might be two of the best comedies ever made. There's certainly things on par with the rest of development and Veep, but uh, there's nothing better. That's for sure. So let's get started with Tony Hale. You, my fine feathered friend, um, I have to first of all just say I love your work. You're so fucking good. Same, same. Um, You have been two of the best comedies ever, I think. I mean, I think it's like... It's like Ty Cobb said, that's not bragging if you've done it. <laughs> I mean, you look at Arrested and you look at Veep and it's kind of, what are you going to say? They're just great. Uh, and I, I just wanted to, I mean, you as well in the sense of it's never, because when people say to me like, man, you've really kind of navigated that well. And like, I didn't navigate. I mean, I'm just thankful that those happened to be uh, offered to me during that time. I mean, I was, right. I was 
I've been in this business for over 25 years and you're so thankful for a gig. And these <laughs> two sure. gigs just happened, you know, rested. I was doing commercials in New York for all that time. Very thankful to be getting gigs. And I was, my type was the guy that was, wasn't all there. That was how I was described. And it was like, I was doing commercials and then arrested came around and I'm just grateful that that happened. I mean, it was nothing that I quote navigated, you know, I'm just super thankful. First of all, the, the arrested development process for you was what was it? How, how did you come to it? Was it the old, the old, just the regular way where it's out there, you read it, you like it, you uh, meet people. Was it that kind of a thing or did they have you in mind from the start somehow? Well, uh, no, I, cause I was, yeah, I was doing commercials and for about six years I had been doing commercials. I had so many, so many jobs before that, just trying to, you know, make ends meet and cater waitering and all this kind of stuff. And then, then I was kind of getting to a place where I was able to do enough commercials where I was able to do that more full time. Very thankful for that. But it took me six years to find an agent to send me out for TV and film because they I was just seen as a commercial actor. Wait, wait, let's, let's, okay, I love this. This is, this is the best. Let's unpack that because it's such a great notion that an actor, because they're only on commercials. Yeah. Okay. So what style of acting is commercial acting? (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I would, I would venture to say there's, there, there's no difference. I mean, you got it from everything, you know, you got to try to come from a place of truth because people aren't going to buy a product if you don't come from a place of truth. So I don't think there is a difference, but because, someone or I was doing so many commercials, they, just like our society, just kind of puts them in a category. They put me in a category of, well, he does commercials. That's a commercial actor. It used to be there was a TV actor. Yeah. It used to be there's a TV actor and it's like that person just does sitcoms that they can't obviously go over into film. Or if you have a film actor, that person obviously can't do comedy, all this kind of stuff. You know, and obviously, thankfully, those lines are really blurred right now. But back then it was very much in compartments. So insane. I mean, yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was, oh, yeah. Looking back on it, it's like it's like once a domino falls in society, you look back on it and go, wait, did we really think that way then? Oh, yeah. I mean, remember the pressure of just pilot season? There was a, there oh. was a time when it was January. I mean, granted, I kind of back then I wanted to be in that pressure because I couldn't even get in the door to be seen. But there was a there was months of like January to about maybe March, that was considered pilot season. And if you did not get seen in those months, then the rest of the year, you you did not have an option to get on a show. Like it was just that those were the only months that were, they were casting for sitcoms. And was, was Arrested one of 10 in that pilot season or something like that for you? Yeah, so I was, this was 2000, I guess it was around, yeah, 2000, end of 2002. And I was doing commercials. I had just gotten engaged. I was, uh, we were going to get married and, May of 2003. And um, so I was really focused on the wedding and this audition came around and this casting director, Marsha DeBonis, who cast a lot of commercials, she brought me in for um, this Arrested Development. And the character was (laughs) described as kind of checked out and not all there, which, you know, fit my profile, my commercial profile. (laughs) And I went in and did the, and I actually, I'd been been a part of a sketch comedy group called King Baby. And I had done this character named Singing Billy, where he would just walk into a room and just randomly, awkwardly start singing. Amazing. And when I did the audition, Buster, uh, for those who have seen the show, he would massage people a lot. Like he would just randomly start massaging somebody. 
And in the audition, Mitch Hurwitz, who created the show, who really is, I think just, I mean, I think the word genius is thrown around a lot, but he really has a touch of it. Like, yeah. but he created the show. And when he, when I was, he said that when he was watching the tape, that when I was supposed to be massaging, I was mas- in person, I was massaging my knees, but he didn't know what I was doing down there because the camera cut off at my chest. Oh and he was God. like, what is he doing down there? And I don't know if that like, he was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> Let's bring him in. Might have ventilated. So, yeah. So they brought, so they flew me out to LA for the callback. And man, I had, that had never happened to me. And I was like blown away. And then I ended up shooting the pilot when I was out there. And I remember specifically running out of underwear because I didn't pack right. So I had to go to Old Navy to get underwear. <laughs> and then I shot the pilot and just kind of a whirlwind of like, what's going on? And then 10 days before I got married, the show got picked up. And I told my wife, I was like, sweetheart, I think I think we're moving to LA. And she was a makeup artist on SNL at the time. And, you know, really made a huge sacrifice to move out to LA with me. We both married makeup artists, you and I. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. I'm telling you, that's the, dude, we're so far ahead of the game. Where did you, wait, where did you get, did you meet on a gig? We met actually on a blind date. Well, semi-blind because she knew it was me, um, but a, a mutual friend put us together. And then, and we kind of had, we had a, a couple of dates and it was great, but you know, whatever, we both kind of had other things going and forgot about it. And then um, I did a movie years ago called Bad Influence mm-hmm. and she I walked on the set and she was the makeup artist. Oh, I love that. And, and then that just sort of began it um, f- from there. And, you know, we're 30, 31 years we've been married. Oh, dude, that's fantastic. But, you know, makeup artists, it's, it, listen, it's a thing because they see you at your most sort of vulnerable yep. every day. Yep. They're literally right up in your face. And they, they, I, they look, I, I really do. I'm not trying to like gild the lily, but I think the good ones anyway they look at a person and see them differently than other people see them and their job is to make them the best version of themselves and you think about that what a great foundation oh it is and it's as you know the the hair and makeup trailer is kind of a sacred space like it's the yes, space yes. where there's your what you said you're coming in with a tremendous amount of, especially when she was on SNL like these people would oh, come off bro. sketches and it was it was a place where they didn't need notes they didn't they needed calm assuring spaces to kind of let their mind rest you know and that's that's typically the hair and makeup trailer well and snl even more than any place jesus and i can't even imagine she must be so good snl it's like they need to know that the person knows what they're doing because they might have 90 seconds exactly to to get their act together did you have you you, you must you've have you hosted yeah, and she must have worked with me. I I haven't done it in years though, so maybe not. I the last time I was on SNL was two. I want to say like two thousand and one or two yeah, two thousand two thousand one. She was probably there. Was it the Molly and Will? Molly and Will were still there. Crow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, was her. She was Anna Gastar. Was her? Um, she did honest makeup because each 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 actor has a little team of oh. hair and makeup. Yeah, I um, yeah, no, I I, I was really lucky because I, I feel like I every I did I did it three times and I kind of feel like each each time was a new iconic cast and Dude. we talk a lot on uh, like about everybody says um, it Lauren says I, I said Lauren who's the best cast he goes 
it's whoever you grew up watching. <laughs> and it really is, the, it is. It kind of is the truth. Like everybody today who's young and watches SNL is going to say it's Pete Davidson and yeah, yeah, Kate yeah. McKinnon. And they're great. And, yeah, you know, yeah. it's hard to argue. Yeah, but yeah, I do yeah. think it's a little bit of like who you grew up with. Did you, that moment when you're, I mean, obviously you get better as you do it more, but that moment when you're about to step out into your monologue, Dude. did you, do you just Dude, it's, have yeah. to go through mindful kind of calming meditation or? I, by the time I did SNL, it was, I, I was, it was late enough in my career and I was such a fan. I was a fan of SNL. I watched the first season yeah, as sure. a 12 year old. Yeah. And I was so thrilled to be mm. there that I just took it in. But I will tell you that I don't think anything in my life, certainly in my professional life, yes. is as full of adrenaline yeah. and whatever that juice is. Oof. When, when, they, when, when Don Pardo, who was alive at the time, yeah. the, the famous, and the band yeah. is going berserk <laughs> and you make that, oh God, oh, it's the absolute greatest and, and the most and, terrifying i mean you just i would think oh, you just have to just go you got you just totally commit and then it's over literally like he says your name and the show's over and you don't know what happened oh my gosh that's crazy i did a i did a one-man show two years ago up in san francisco called wakey wakey by will eno and every night before going up i had that just absolute terror and my wife, we would talk about kind of that SNL, like just that moment before, because it's, I mean, it's like any stand-up. I mean, I've never done stand-up, but I'm sure it's very similar, but it's just you, you know? And it's yes. like, I, do, I don't, I'm not falling back on anyone. And it's terrifying. I know. And you just have to, there's a, there's a, this um, woman named Joyce Myers. She was this, this preacher I used to listen to years ago. And she always said, uh, she went with anxiety. She always said, you just got to do it afraid. Just do it afraid. Mm. And I loved that because for so many years I had in my head of like, oh, I got to be in this peaceful kind of courageous space. It's like, no, you might be just no. bat losing your shit and you just got to keep walking. That's right. I mean, the scaredest I've ever been. And, you know, careers always have periods of like, like fallow where there's, you know, feast and famine. And I think every long career and I was in sort of a famine phase. It was right sure. before I got the West Wing. And I did a, my first, it was going to be my first TV show and it was a pilot. This is the best. So I'd finished working with Mike Myers on all the SNLs, the Wayne's Worlds, mm -hmm. and we had just finished Austin Powers together. Mm. And he had an idea for a TV show for me. And, and it was based on, because I, I played young Robert Wagner in Austin Powers, young number two. Yeah. I did it. And he was like, <laughs> you and Robert Wagner should play father and son. He plays basically himself, aging TV icon, and you're the son who can't get out of his shadow, who lives in the Beverly Hills guest house and is kind of a ne'er-do-well. And I was like, that sounds like a great set. I would still do that. By the way, I'd still do that show. Yes, totally. So we sell it to, a to NBC, and by the time we're done with the NBC notes, it is I am starring with Dan Hedaya, playing his son running a sports bar in Chicago. <laughs> like you literally cannot make that up. And that yeah. is absolutely what happened. Was it something that they kept? Like, did they say, well, what about this? And what about this? Or, or was it something that all of a sudden, you know what it is? Form? It's like, it's, it's like being, you know, the, 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 
story about frogs. You can boil a frog alive. Yeah, yeah. If oh. you just gradually turn up the heat, they don't notice. Yeah. And they, don't, yes. they, they, don't, they don't hop out of the pot. Yes. They could hop out of, but because it's incremental, they just let this be boiled alive. Yes. Yes. That's what it was for me. Yes. I was boiled alive by yeah. the NBC executives. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I had ended up in a pilot with Dan Hedaya as my dad running a sports bar. I really didn't. I never even noticed it. And I'm just saying you wake up at three in the morning going, <gasps> what just oh. happened? No. Well, what happened is I woke up when they said my name in front of the live audience. Yeah, yeah. And that was when I was the most scared I've ever been. My knees were knocking. You know, that's a thing. Like, you know, cartoon characters when they get their knees knocked? That, have you ever had your knees knock? No, but my my hands shake. So when I've, when I've done shows in the past where I'm holding something, I'll, I'll have to put uh, something in a cup or something because oh my, my hand will just... And I'm I'm staring at it. I'm sounding calm, and I just I'm like having a stroke in the hands. Well, see, it sounds like you might have been guilty of of cup acting. I I do not cup act well. I don't cup see, act well. I love watching for things like that in performances. Really, and you the, like to point the, out shame. Uh, I will show you the best bad cup acting ever, 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 ever. If you're interested in cup acting out there, and I know you all are. Um, it's when actors don't bother to actually put anything in the cup. <laughs> and, and so you can just tell by the weight of it, there's nothing in it and they, or, or they fake drink it. Um, yeah. remember, remember <laughs> do you write, that I also love, goes to, for like bags too, like luggage all of a sudden, wow, that luggage is really light. Yeah. They're walking through an airport and they're just twirling that wow. shit on their They fingers. didn't really carry much on the trip. No, I love, and there's a whole thing, I don't know about you, it's a negotiation always like, how much is too much? You don't want to wear yeah, yourself yeah. out, but you don't want to look like you're luggage acting. Yeah. Um, so when, when Kevin Spacey released that first insane video. Yeah, in the kitchen. The worst cup acting you've ever, the fact that that's my takeaway from that video tells you how bad the cup <laughs> acting is. Do you notice continuity with cups too? That kind of, that can be a little crazy making too. Like, wow, they, I thought they just took a big sip and it's full. Really eating is the one that I love. I love like I, I'm convinced that James Gandolfini and Tony Soprano is purely because he committed to eating and clearly ate on screen. Do you take small bites if you have to eat a lot in the scene? What I do when I eat is I take a one massive bite, as big as I can get my mouth yeah. on camera in one take. And then in the rest of the takes, I'm just oh, talking wow. like that. So I don't have to, right? Because the small bites look like you're you're food acting. Yeah, but you got to be comfortable in the fact of your mime, your 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 mime eating. Got to commit. You got to commit, but it's got to look real. Because if it doesn't look real, you're screwed. If there's nothing in your mouth, I'll put my fake food acting up with anybody's. Because if it's not authentic, it's very apparent. Very apparent. I saw a clip of you last night. I, by the way, I'm convinced my. Are you going to bring up my bad uh, acting right now? Is that we going to talk? No, about no, no, no. No, this is all good acting. Okay, I've transitioned okay. to good acting. Okay. Um. No, no, no. My TikTok algorithm listens to me. I know it. And mm-hmm. last, last, I was just doing research on you. And last night, sure enough, here comes a, it was just a simple little thing where you were giving uh, Julia a banana. <laughs> That's all you did was you leaned over and said something like, this is an interim banana. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard. Dude, I had, I, I had so much, even talking about that, I had, I have so much nostalgia with you because she, I'm, I'm sure you've met Julia, but she's She's like, my neighbor. She lives in Santa Barbara. Oh, that's right. That's right. And she, um, it was just, it was just like a, a dance we did to get like a comic dance all the time. And we trusted each other. And 
I've said this many times, but it's so true. I I had such a hard time holding it together, uh, not laughing, just a really, really hard time. And she said to me once, you know, Tony, you're not watching the show, you're in the show. Yeah. And it's just because I couldn't, I couldn't keep it together. I mean, when you're that close to someone like that and her subtleties and the little grunts she does and all that kind of stuff, it's like, it's impossible. There was one scene, I think it was the first season where, maybe the second, the first season, where she, because I play her assistant on the show and she asks me to break up with her boyfriend. And we're, we're just like face to face and she's whispering me to tell me to do it. And there's a two shot of us. And it's like, that's just, that's impossible. Like you can't, Every talk about shaking. Every part of my face is shaking, ready to you know let go with laughter. And you got to keep it together. It's a feat. I mean, first of all, everybody knows she's great. I think at this point it's stipulated. But you look; she's never been in anything on television that wasn't a hit. Her version of not a hit is running for only four seasons. <laughs> really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she, the thing that I so appreciate about her is with her comic resume yeah you know some people kind of can put their feet up and be like well that was a good run she works her ass off and then crushing it as she has been and as you say not only does she not need to do it but like you have you start worrying about and as without saying too highfalutin a legacy mm-hmm. like she's seinfeld seinfeld so you're like okay now what uh, now, and I would I would add to that when you have that kind of you know talk about financially or career, and you know this as well. The you can go one of two directions. You either you meet people who are that level, and they've kind of dived in, dove into kind of the falseness of things, and they want more of something that's not going to satisfy. Right, and it's and it never ends. It will never <laughs> be enough. Or you go the other direction, like Julia, where her priorities, she knows what's what's real in life and what matters. And she focuses on those simple truths. And that's right. a person that is like, she's a, she's so kind on set. She's, she's a team player. Like that's the stuff that matters in life. And that, that's, that's where I walk away. I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful that I got to work with someone like that. It's such a great show. Summer is almost here. Are you ready to throw open your windows? or throw them away. If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful, energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding, featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD, schedule your free consultation, and tell them you heard about it here on Literally the Rob Lowe. Window World. America's exterior remodeler. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? 
Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. I also need to circle back. I mean, so many people aren't arrested, but Jason. Yeah. I think Jason, that's the greatest. And when I say this phrase, it almost, to people might not really understand, it sounds vaguely condescending, and it's not. It's the greatest straight man part Mm. in ever performance. And he's not a straight man, but he is Mm -hmm. the straight man in that show. Yeah. But you've got to be really skilled. To oh. be a straight man and bounce off that kind of chaos and turn a joke. Because the deadpan delivery that he gives when he's – I mean, because my character, Buster, he's pretty much a cartoon character. Like he's right. completely yes. checked yes. out. Yeah. And when you are when you have to play that kind of uh, neutral place opposite that yep. and turn a joke, like that's he, – he was the anchor of that show, 100%. And you're – you're right. Those those characters, you know, um, Will, Will, yeah, all, all of them. They, yeah. they do, Will, I mean, they're cartoon characters. Yeah, fully, fully. Yeah, and it, I think it even got bigger as the season. It does went get on. bigger. No, it does. That's what's insane. Or the characters got bigger and bigger to the point where I was like, "Am I doing uh, mime? Like, am I? I'm like a I'm a full on clown." Did you get to a point where you started because when I played Chris Traeger in Parks and Rec, again, a, uh, a cartoon character, yeah. and and so with funny, each, though. which each year, again, it got bigger and bigger. And I would go, "What have I given up all dignity and shame? If I..." And then you go, "No, no, no. That's just you. Just do Don't it." Don't you ask yourself that all the time in this business? It's like, what is happening? Like, what am I? What, what, what am I playing right now? You know? Yes. One hundred percent. But don't you think this is where? I mean, the get. I mean, being on a show like Parks and Rec and doing a show like Arrested, to be in an environment of people that you trust and you yes. trust, like I, I walked into Arrested and I walked into Veep. These people are way funnier than I am. And yep. so the writers are yep. so gifted and you felt like, man, the comedy is taken care of because they would just hand you nuggets like Mitch Hurwitz on Arrested. I remember coming up to him once and being like, um, I had a stupid idea and I'm I said, oh, I thought, what about like if Buster was like on Dancing with the Stars or something like silly, you know, pitch an idea. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to have a seal bite off your hand. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, okay. I never, ever <laughs> was not even in the framework. But you feel, you feel so supported comedically. And I'm, I mean, you must have gotten out of Parks and Rec. It's like you just yeah. felt like, yeah, this is taken care of. Exactly right. I, I'm, I'm with people way funnier than me. And all I got to do is, not get swamped yeah and 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 commit and and trust yeah i have a question for you being on west wing because we got this on beep did you constantly just being in that kind of political world i mean were people in dc just always yeah isn't it insane 
Isn't yeah. it insane? Yeah. It's like you're, it's like when I go to DC, it's like the Beatles have arrived <laughs> or the Rolling Stones or whoever it would be now, Kanye West, whatever. It's, it, I, and there's a moment where I'm like, they do know it's a show, right? <laughs> like I, I have such, I have multiple amazing memories of, of course. I mean, I had, I had Bill Clinton when he was president in the Oval Office pitching story ideas and we have to get <laughs> I've been I've been waiting to get to him with to Aaron Sorkin and oh, so good and you know as Aaron can be a little uncomfortable in his own skin from time to time uh Aaron like like got completely short-circuited <laughs> by the fact that the president of the United States the sitting president was oh. pitching story ideas and Aaron just like, ah, oh, you seem like a busy guy. Ah, oh, thanks so much. This is great. And like ran. And I was like, dude, you just, you just walked out on the president of the United States. That is so good. Well, but I mean, the thing is with Veep, people would come up to me and say, hey, that, uh, that my, like, I'm like, someone said like, oh yeah, I'm that character. I'm that character. And I'm like, yes. first of all, let's not say that out loud because yes. Veep is not, it's not puts the best light on politics. But they said like this stuff, like the language, the behind the scenes breakdowns, all that is happening. The other thing about Veep I loved is the whoever was in charge of the, I don't know what, what ad campaign, whatever. Like, like in I, it wasn't year one or two, but like in mid run, where it's kind of like okay, everybody's won Emmys and it's a great show and we get it and you guys are good to go. They still managed to up their game it was the one where julia it was a picture of julia where it looked like she was at the united nations and it's just that kind of like like it said her name and that plaque that we all know looks like the united in the microphone and she was nodding yes, off yes 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 she's falling asleep yes, yeah yes, it's yes. The, it, it was the it was the absolute <laughs> yes gr- like i'm like to laugh out loud at an at a at a, at a picture it was it was so subtle and so funny. I'm glad you said that because I last this is a random tangent, but I was what my wife and I are watching Six Feet Under over again, and mm. I was watching you know, Michael C. Hall, and then it made me think of Dexter. And the yeah. thing that I think about with Dexter was the ad campaign. Yes, I was talking, I was talking about her. This, 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 there was one ad campaign where Dexter was on the cover of every magazine it was like he was on gq he was on vanity fair and that was the whole ad campaign and i distinctly remember thinking man these marketing people they do not get enough credit because that is a kick-ass marketing campaign and for everyone that you and i like they're ones that repel me Oof. from watching something that's good yes yes like yes. i'm a big robert eggers fan I, the witch the lighthouse mm huge fan he did the northman or whatever it is mm-hmm. i'm sure it's great i've heard it's great the, those commercials made it look terrible mm-hmm. yeah the power of a trailer man also if the trailer is not, if it's a comedy and that trailer is not funny Ooh. and that film is actually funny why are you shooting yourself in the foot like yeah. who's who's editing this trailer cuz when you see a trailer and that's not funny and it's a and it's a and it's a comedy I like the trailers where they have to tell you it's comedy with a needle, with like a, like the needle drop. Like somebody tells a joke and then they put that sound effect. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a yeah. comedy. Oh yeah. Got it now. Got it now. God, so gross. So damn that gross. That was a pretty good impression of Aaron Sorkin, by the way. Uh, what, uh, so, uh, I love you in Veep. Um, oh my uh, gosh. Gr- 
because he was he i was fortunate enough to do uh being the ricardos with him uh have you met nicole yet uh she's a lovely woman he is so nice and there's so much going on in his head and i also appreciate he has he like shares these really vulnerable stories to kind of connect with the actor and to kind of connect with the material and but like that you talking like that that is pretty pretty to take you back see i've never been directed by him and i'm so curious i mean i i absolutely have my own idea of what that would be like having spent so i mean we did um a few good men together in in the west end for for a year after west wing and so by the way never seen him happier when Aww. other than in the theater, never, never an off day in the theater. It's like when he says he's a play, he means it. So I'm wondering what the direction wasn't JK like. Simmons in that with he, I wish he was. Oh my God. Do I love him? It was all English. Ca- I was the only American playing. Mm. The, I played the, the Caffey part, the Tom, the Tom Cruise part, but um, I loved being the Ricardos. I thought, and JK was fucking amazing. Yeah, was Everybody great. was amazing. Everybody. I feel like him and Aaron had that history through, Something like that, but I don't know though, dude. I, yeah, I yeah. mean, I kind of, I, but I feel like they're so simple. In fact, it's funny you say that in a movie full of showy, and that Aaron writes showy stuff for mm-hmm. actors. JK's speech, that little speech he has, yes, outside is, is my favorite moment yeah. in the whole movie. Yeah, it's so sweet. And he really, and you know, obviously, people always talk about Aaron Sorkin like it's by the word and stuff like that, but yeah. it, there's a respect for the word. Yes, you know, like everybody knows, when you step into theater, there is a respect for what's on the yep. page. Yep. When you go on TV and film, there's that there's not as much of that respect. Why not? And so I love that Aaron, you know, keeps that. And the other thing is, like, why would you? Why would one ever want to improve on something that's great? Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't need to put my stamp on anything that uh, other than if if it needs help mm-hmm. and and his stuff is so good I, I i had a um it's funny it was with jason bateman mm. i had a conversation where he would they i guess there was a moment where they were talking about him doing um newsroom mm. before before jeff i think there was a thing of like do we want to go as old as you know do we want to go is there a younger iteration mm. Mm. and jason was like so i'll never forget aaron had won his and you can imagine this i'm just waiting to see your bateman yeah, right. We're going to do, try to do Bateman and Aaron at the same time. Um, and we're at the Vanity Fair Oscar party. And there's Aaron, the other side of the room, with his Oscar mm. in his hand. And Jason's like, yeah. Um, so I, they, I, I'm doing a horrible Bateman now. But he's like, "Is it? do, do you really have to? I can't even do him. Um, but he was saying, do you really have to like be letter perfect? And I go, mm. yeah. Hmm. He said, well, really? Like, but letter? But there's no, like, let's find it, or how about this? Or maybe I could do, I go, nope. With that said, though, do you, I also know that there were times, and granted, I did not work on his material as much as you did, but there were times if something doesn't feel right, there was, you could tell that he, he I mean, he, he sensed that. Like, he's not, yes. he's not, he, he's like, yeah, this something needs to be massaged here. You know, it's like. Oh, I, oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but, and, and I don't mean this as any judgment at all. What it isn't is you, somebody sort of, how about this? And ad lib, it's ne- never yeah, that. No, no, him, no, 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 it's no. him flying, flying off his seat, 
with throwing, kind of throwing the headphones behind him and going, uh, so, uh, how about, um, you, you come in, you say, uh, we're not going to do it. And then he just, you, we just lose that. And he, he just, uh, Bill just comes in and then he just says, uh, we're going to, we're going to yell. Let's, let's, uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause he's got it in his head. The best, the, the best person, piece of direction. <laughs> cause he never directed West Wing. He never directed it. Oh, really? Never, never directed an episode. Oh, wow. Even, wasn't even on his radar to do it. Wow. And, and wasn't there all the time? He was always writing there, but he was, he was on the set, you know, a, a lot, but not all the time. But when he would be there, you know, he would m- 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 uh, mime the words, as you said, them, mm-hmm. the monitor, and be very excited and, or, or very disappointed, depending on whatever the case is. So he was super fun to have around, but um, he would get increasingly frustrated with one particular person who was on the show sometimes. And um, this is the best. And the person had uh, the line, I'll never forget it. The line was, thank you, I'll get right on it. And it was the, it was the end of the scene and they were supposed to walk away. And Aaron comes in, throws the headphones, and goes, uh, so uh, uh, the line is, um, thank you, uh, I'll get right on it. It, uh, do- it doesn't mean you want to fuck him. Uh, it, that's, it's not, we're going to get together, we're going to get laid, anything like that. It's just, thank you, I'll get right on it. Just, just say it, just say that. <laughs> Oh, and the director's like, okay, yeah. Okay, you heard it. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, You have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality amazing smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. 
blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. Oh, dude, do people do people just want to sit down with you, Rob, and just hear you talk about your history? Just, <laughs> I mean, I, does it seriously? Does it get old well, just because what you the stories that you have lived and what you've been through, and also, I mean, I get really excited, obviously, because I'm a fan. But talking to you about talking to somebody who has pretty much you've had every height, and you see what matters and what doesn't sure. matter. Oh man, you know, and to to have the opportunity to communicate that, I mean, also I'm sure you've talked to students and stuff, but it's like, hey, when you're looking at the future, just so you know behind the curtain, this is the reality, and it's yeah. the simple stuff that matters. Like to have that opportunity. Oh, I don't know. I just think that's I think that's I, pretty great. Well, I I love being able. Listen, I realized so I wrote two books, and then yeah. and then I did a one man. I created a one man show, and. I tour it here and there as neat as, as I have the opportunity to do it. Um, what, is it what, is, is, what is it called? Stories I Only Tell My Friends Live, which is basically the book. It's not the book, but it is the book. It's like, uh -huh. an, it's the next, instead of writing a third book, Okay, I did this. And it's, that, it's, it's telling stories. It's nice. literally, I tell the story of Aaron and Clinton yeah. in the middle of it. I mean, and it's just, and it's fun because I liked, I actively try what's important are memories. Yes. That is what is important. Yes. And, and teaching, I, we learn from mistakes, like teaching. I've made yes. a shitload of mistakes. Yes. I have given value to stuff that doesn't matter. That's you right. Know, like invest, you know, invest in relationships over, you know, whatever other thing you're putting at the top of the list. I mean, all that kind of stuff. 100. I mean, you know, I, I talk, I love talking to, um, you know, kids, your kid's age about drugs and alcohol. Sure. Because you know, I'm, I'm 32 years sober. Oh, and, amazing. Amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, it's saved my life and, sure. and I love it. And it's super yes. fun. And I have way more fun than I ever did. But, yes. And by the way, I loved getting fucked up. Loved it. Uh -huh. It was great. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't anybody want to? Because so I get a, it. It's detachment. I yes. mean, it's, it's, it's the ultimate escape. The unhealthy escape is the ultimate escape. And, and now I just sleep all the time. Yeah. Great. It's the new. It's the new. It's the new escape. My my new escape. My my disassociate. If I want to disassociate from you, I will. 
I will be a, I will become a narcoleptic. I can sleep with my eyes open, and I have been asleep this entire time. I kind of, well, I can kind of sleep. I mean, I can kind of sleep. I've slept through. I think it's pretty clear. I've slept through performances. I mean, just look at some of my work. No, he's like well, that guy who's definitely sleeping through. I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about Oxford Blues, but let's just be <laughs> completely frank. <laughs> oh my God, so funny. Um, tell me, you're playing twins now. Yeah, I'm playing twins. I've never done that. Tell me about playing twins. Oh, it's a. Uh, it is uh, really well. It's a show called Mysterious Benedict Society. It's on Disney Plus. It is. Um, and this is not me just blowing. It is such a joy because I get really? to work with these writers, Matt Manfredi and Phil Hay and Todd Slavkin, Darren Schwimmer, all these great people. And it's based on this book by Trenton Stewart. And the first season, I get to play these two brothers who were separated at birth in an orphanage. And one is kind of the, quote, evil, but, you know, I like to say he's a little more just misinterpreted. And then one is the kind, loving brother. But the first season talks a lot about, um, just, man, it was wild because I shot it during the pandemic in Vancouver. And it talked a lot about the noise of society and the truth rising above the noise. And so it was weird to kind of be in that kind of parallel thing happening with the pandemic. And it's just a really, this great cast of kids. It's just a beautiful story. And uh, playing twins, and you can, I mean, people have asked me that question of kind of doing it. And yeah. you have to, with these characters, for me to say, oh, that's the evil guy, that's the good guy, I have to come from a place, you have to find places in yourself in those characters. Like the, the quote, evil twin, he's very manipulative, he's very sarcastic. Guess who's also been very manipulative in their life? Me. Guess who's yeah. also pretty sarcastic? Me. You know, you have to find those connections in order to find that authenticity. And so that's that's been a real fun, real fun challenge. Do you find that you prefer playing one to the other? Or does it depend on what you're having to do on any given day? Uh, um, I think it depends on the day. But I, Benedict, who is the kind of um, loving, kind of warm character, I really do <laughs> enjoy playing him because, you know, I don't know, maybe I myself am kind of sarcastic and all that kind of And Benedict is just so loving and just sees things very positively. And I, I really enjoy playing him. Just like, I don't know, he's just super kind and... That makes me sound like I'm a jerk, but like, I don't know. No, the, way, the way his perspective on life is really a fun, a fun escape. And you're in season three? We just shot season two. So, so season that comes two. out in the fall. Oh, great. Yeah. And then season one's out on, on, on Disney plus, which is, uh, I think owns everything now. I, don't, I think it's, I think it's owning everything. I think, I think that's the case. I've heard of Disney. Plus. So didn't, is it my imagination? Do I, do I remember like, wasn't Disney Plus ex ex like almost exclusively at the beginning family with a capital F and underlined? But this sounds like this is a, has a little more sophistication where it's not just where it's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Am yeah. I, am I, it definitely, right? this show definitely had, I mean, not to sound cliche, but parents that I've known who have kids that watch it, the parents enjoy it because it's, it's aesthetically really, really beautiful and. And Kristen Schaal's in it with me. I don't know if you know Kristen, mm. and yeah. she's really fun. And so it has right. things that adults can enjoy, but it definitely has it definitely has a sophistication to it. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, it's really fun, really beautiful. And you know, I I mean, as you know, working on these shows, 
I have such a respect for the team, man. Like, yeah. these are directors, props, costumes, uh, makeup, wardrobe. We're talking massive artistry, and everybody's on the same page. And it's just like, I mean, we're we're a very small slice of this pie. Like, we yeah. come in, we do our thing. I mean, just the, the work that's put into these shows just blows me away. Well, that's why then you go and do your one-man show yeah. to make sure that you can still do it without the army. Sure. Sure. Right. And how, wait, so how many shows have you had? How many times have you done that? Oh God. I've, I mean, I've played probably every city in the United States. Wow. And I mean, wow. all of the, of what they would call the, the, you know, the, you know, the big, the biggest, the big cities. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I played the national theater in, uh, in London. Wow, man. Which was really a thrill. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm playing the national. Oh, that's um, pretty great. It, and, um, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah, sure. And so that kind of shut it down. Oh, I played Vegas. That was also cool. Oh, that's how many did you do like several nights in Vegas or just one night in Vegas? Um, I did two. Usually I just do one night. Yeah, sure. So um, oh, it, it was super fun to play Vegas. And is it you? Do you? Is it a chair and you're just up there? Tell, it's or me. Do you kind of go into characters? No characters. I, I have a, I designed a, like a, a big clip montage hype reel um, that mm. actually ends ends with the West Wing. Oh, cool! And then and then I designed a an entrance. Sure, because I'm course. a I'm a big believer in, in theatricality mm -hmm. done the right way. Yeah, and then um and then there's the great old Frank Langella move that I've heard. You've heard this is the now I the story was when Frank Langella did Dracula. This is dating me, like the in the early late seventies or eighties mm -hmm. that he would do this, this move where during the curtain call, everybody else would do a, come out, take their bows and make a line. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the, the quote unquote lead of the show comes out and he, he would do this thing where he, like, where you're like, Oh, is this for me? <laughs> do, you, do you know that? Like that yeah, move? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where you're like, you're just so surprised yeah. that you're, yeah. Oh, aren't you nice? Like that move you're, Projecting to the audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that and so you kind of like look, hit your hand, put both hands on your chest, like oh, like this is for me. And then you slowly put your hands out back to the audience, like you're giving your heart <laughs> back to the audience. Yeah. And then, and this is the move, you ever so slowly raise your hands up, and it's a Pavlovian cue, and the audience will stand. <gasps> really. Yep. Does it work every time for you? It does. <laughs> Cut to this next show. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, wow. But I'd heard it, and then like, I thought it was the most brilliant thing I'd ever heard. And then it was like, that can't be. And then you don't have the guts to do it. You can't. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I never had the guts to do it. And then I I did it enough to know that it works. I obviously don't do it now, but it's amazing. that, that But it also gets into kind of the hypnotic yes. kind of manipulation realm. Which is interesting. Yeah. You know, like, I, mean, I don't know why I'm standing, but I find myself standing. I mean, look, if you could if you could do it in the UK and get it to happen, that would be doing some because United American audiences literally stand and applaud scenery changes. Yeah. I mean, it's great that they're enthusiastic, but a standing ovation means absolutely nothing in the yeah. United States. Yeah. It means nothing. Yeah. Um, in the UK, when we did A Few Good Men... I think I did 180 something wow. performances. Wow. Wow. And I'm and I'm telling you we got maybe 
maybe 15 standing ovations. And it was a massive hit. Yeah, yeah. Does it? They just don't do it. Do you they feel do like it. this show scratches the itch of theater for you, or do you want to go back and do a play? Do you feel like you want to dive back into that kind of narrative it scr- again? It, I got to be honest, it scratches the itch because of the commitment, which I, I don't mind the commitment. I love the 15 week run. I love it. Yeah. And all of that. It just, I just don't, you know, between I doing two television series now, one for wow. Netflix and one for Fox. Wow. The podcasts, I, I just don't have the time, but I would love to, if I was yeah. in between stuff do, and this is perfect. Cause like I can have this life, do what I do. And then, you know, go play Caesars. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm playing Caesar. Like, uh, it's me and Sammy Davis Jr. Where do you eat when you go to Vegas that you love? Oh, you can eat yourself into a coma. In I know, because right? it's a huge food town. I always ask. I ate at this Italian place at Aria. A-R-I-A? Yeah, at the at the, at the, at the hotel casino, Aria. Uh-huh. And it's 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 the only Italian place that's there. I go to Zuma, which is this is amazing sushi. Hmm. It's a spinoff of the one in London, which is some of the best sushi in the world. Mm. Um, and it was great. I, I love I love going to Vegas. I saw Katy Perry this weekend. She was, um, it was oh, my girl. I'm on my back right there. Sure. She was great. Does she know that she's on your back wall? No, I need to tell her. Okay. I'll call her up. Um, Mr. Tony Hale, this was great. I've taken up too much of your time. No, this was so fun. This is a joy. A joy. Um I really want to find my way onto a set with you someday, sir. Yes, please. And I want to come see your show. So uh, I'll just, I guess, I guess you're probably not planning another run. Let's have our, have our people. Sure. Reach out to our people. Our team. And have our teams reach out. And um, we'll do this. Well, thank you for having me. This was really, really, really fun. What a great guy. God, I, I, how great is he? I mean, so smart, so funny. These are kind of, among my favorite podcasts where, uh, by the way, I'd never met Tony until today. And one of the great things I love about doing this show is I get to meet people that I'm fans of and it feels like I've known him forever. And um, what a lovely, lovely, lovely talk. Um, I hope you guys liked it as much as I did. You got questions? I got answers. Let's hit the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob. My name's Billy. I'm in uh, near Bend, Oregon. I was just saying I've been a big fan of yours over the years, and I'm uh, just happy to be able to talk to you. I was just wondering if how you get through with such a positive attitude through your life all the time. What kind of tips you have for the rest of us? Or what do you do when you feel down, when you feel low? Thanks for letting us have this line to get a hold of you. Thanks, Rob. Have a great day. Well, Ben, thank you for calling. And Jesus, it doesn't sound like you need any help. You're about as upbeat as anybody who's ever called the listener line. And I love that. Um, I do think I was born um, an optimist. Um, I'm a glass, um, you know, half full guy. There are other people who are not. Um, but I also know that if if I didn't have downtimes, then I wouldn't be a human. And I do have them. And I think they're super important, actually. Um, 
nobody can be, nobody could or should be up all the time, nor can they be or should they be down all the time. And when I'm down, I like to sleep. <laughs> I can literally sleep it off. I just like, you know what? I'm calling cut on this day. This day's over. We're going to start again tomorrow. Um, so if you can do that, I'm a huge uh, believer in that. Um, I also am super aware that uh, that everything, all pain is temporary. It really truly is. And it feels like it's never going to end. And it, it, it does. Again, sleep helps. You wake up and it's, it's, it's an actual restart. It's like a, you turn your phone off if it had bugs in it. Or your computer, you do that. So I try to do that with my body. Um, also, as a longtime listeners will know, I'm a big fan of therapy and of, um, you know, just getting your mind right. We would do it with our cars again. If, you know, you have your 1,500-mile checkup, you know, why not do it with your spirit and all of that? Um, so those are the kind of things I do. And uh, But thank you. Thank you for the call. Don't forget to subscribe to all of the rest of uh, the menu of this shoe. And don't forget, I've become the Lucky Charms <laughs> Irishman for some reason. I'm just following my muse, which is my want. It's my show. If I want to do a bad Irish accent, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to stop now. Um, five-star review. Those are cool on Amazon. Um, and I will see you next week back here on Literally with me. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Rob Schulte, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. Our research is done by Alyssa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. All of the music you hear is by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.